This podcast replay is brought to you by Cutter's Edge Total Landscape Solutions. With decades of experience here in South Florida, Cutter'sEdge.com provides fantastic results. Call 954-472-0622. Hey, good morning, boys and girls. Yes, sir. Welcome aboard. It is good to be back in studio, man. Wow. It is uh, really good to be back in studio. It's really good to be back in my own bed. Because uh, I did not get any sleep whatsoever while I was in Indianapolis. It was probably the worst bed I've ever been in in a long, long time. It was it was the kind of bed that, you know, when I was 15 years old, you know, it wouldn't affect me. But <laughs> add 40 years to that and, you know, it's a whole different ball game. But it was good. We got we were able to sleep in our own bed the last two nights. And uh, wow, that was good. That was good. I got home. On Saturday night from uh, Spirit, and uh, nice job, Spirit, making us wait an hour and 20 minutes for our bags. Holy shit. Uh, anyway, so got home, and then um, I watched uh, I watched actually the Chris Rock special uh, before I went to sleep. I think I went to sleep on Saturday night, like, I don't know, it was close to 4 in the morning or something like that, because I, I got home like around 1.15, something like that, and... Um, and and so just hanging on then uh i think i slept to like like one o'clock on sunday <laughs> you know? so it was good it was just good to sleep man it was good to be in your own bed comfortable you know i was on this so uh, just just one mattress didn't even have a box spring and it's on those little cheap little aluminum frames and all that oh my god I got home and I, you know, I, I, I snuck into my Tempur-Pedic and it, you know, contour of your body gives you support on your back, you know, and you're like, ah, this is a bed. This is a bed. And so it makes all, although I will tell you this, I, um, my flight didn't leave on Saturday till eight o'clock at night. So the Airbnb was kicking me out at 11. And I asked for a later checkout, but apparently they had somebody else coming in to take the Airbnb. So I had to leave early and I ended up getting a hotel room before I took off just for just so I can go lie on a regular bed. So I went to a hotel close to the airport. OK, that way I figured, OK, if the flight is delayed, could happen. I'll stay in my room hanging out and I'll wait and I'm a couple minutes away from the airport. So, you know, I, I, and they have a shuttle and everything. So I'm good. And, um, luckily the flight wasn't delayed, but I was, but I did get on that bed in the hotel. It's a, um, what was that hotel I stayed in? It was a good hotel. And, uh, man, that bed was, that, that alone was a difference right there. Actually, that's how desperate I was to actually get some, I don't You probably could tell if you watched the show last week. The bags were deeper and deeper. They were, they were, they, they, they made Benicio del Toro look like he had gotten sleep for like twenty years. Okay, I mean they, they were deep, bro. It was, uh, it was uncomfortable. I got to tell you, but hey, we survive. We went through it. It's funny how the Airbnb thing is asking me for a review, and it's like, do you really want a review? You don't really want a review, do you? Because the review's not going to be a good one. Oh man, I I should right. I should I should I should rip them right in the review. I should, right? I mean the place is fine. It's just the bed sucked. 
Woo, doggy. Yeah. I got I got to rip them because I got to warn whoever's the next person that, hey, cheesy bed. And I got to tell that, by the way, Sean, I learned my lesson now with that. Because now when I get our Airbnb in Canton, I don't know if I'm going to get it in Canton or Cleveland or some. By the way, anybody that lives in that area, should I get it in a town in between Canton and Cleveland? I was thinking about that. Is there a decent town in between Canton and Cleveland? Because I'm thinking that maybe I stay in the middle of it. So that way I have access to Canton and, and I can go over to Cleveland too. You know what I'm saying? Because there's nothing to do in Canton. I know that at night. But Cleveland, at least we can go out and, you know, do something. So I'm thinking, I don't know, do I stay in Canton? Do I stay in, in between? I don't know. You, you're going to have to, some of you out there that live in that area, you're going to have to give me some uh, advice there uh, for that. So. And by the way, where's um, where's my guy? Damn it! Where is it? Where is it? Where's my guy from Canton? See if he tells he gives us some advice. So anyway, but uh, as uh, had an interesting week at the uh, combine, and I'll give you uh. And I'll give you some initial names uh, throughout the show on draft picks in the second and third rounds. We'll talk a little bit about uh, and we'll have some fun. Uh, we got a loaded show for you today, as always. Uh, loaded up. Uh, Ira Winderman will join us at 1030. We got some things to talk about. I, I got I got some stuff I got to get off my chest on the heat. Uh, and uh, Jimmy Butler. Uh, Alan Poupart will stop by at 1130. Andy Barons will talk NFL draft and Dolphins with him at noon. 1230, former Dolphin great Keith Sims will be joining us. So we'll talk a little Tua with him. We'll talk Mike McDaniel, who's celebrating his 40th birthday today. Happy birthday to Mike McDaniel. We'll, he played with Zach Thomas, so we'll get uh, his favorite Zach story out of him. So we'll talk to Keith Sims, you know, a guy that I could argue that Keith Sims and uh, and, and uh, what's it called? Uh, Richmond Webb. I could make an argument that those guys, you know, do they, do they ever get Hall of Fame consideration? You know, so we'll talk to Keith Sims and we'll get his thoughts on the uh, current Dolphins. What's what's he like about Mike McDaniel and, and the staff and Tua and all of that? Uh, Keith is always good. I was going back and forth with Keith last night. Keith and I, we don't talk nearly as much football. We end up talking about life and politics and crypto and finance and all kinds of other stuff. Well, you know what I mean? Football is like the, the side subject to it all. It's funny with me and Keith as we go back and forth. But anyway, so... Um, Keith will join us at 1230, so we'll have a little fun with him, and we'll get into all things football uh, with uh, Keith Sims. So we'll try to do that and uh, and get it going. So uh, looking forward to it, working on other uh, Dolphin interviews for you guys, too, uh, throughout the week. So we'll have some fun on all of that. Uh, the Chris Rock special was epic. The rip job are we going to be honest now? Are we going to really be honest now? The comedy was all right. 
the comedy wasn't. I've seen other stand-ups of his that are way better when it came to the comedy. It was all about the last couple of minutes. Are we going to kid ourselves here? We're not, we're not going to start saying that this was one of the great comedy skits of all time, right? We're not going to bullshit ourselves with that, are we? Are we going to do any of that? We're not, right? We're just going to talk about the last couple of minutes and him ripping into Will and um and uh, what's her name? A uh, Mink, uh, not Minko. What's her name? Uh, uh oh God, whatever. Uh, but his wife, uh, Jada, Jada Pinkett. Uh, I I get it, you know. And he's talking about how she's screwing her son's best friend, and and you know they're they're a weird couple and all that other stuff. Okay. I, I I get it. I get it that, uh, you know, you got to will is getting jiggy with it. I get, I get all of that, but, um, that's really what it was all about. Cause I watched the whole thing and comedy wise, it, it was almost forced. You know what I'm saying? It was almost like he was trying too hard to be funny on the funny part of it, on the comedy side. It was more about the last couple of minutes of it that actually was absolutely, you know, an epic rip job and, you know, finally let your your piece out and all that stuff. But if we're going to talk about some of his prior stand-ups or we're going to talk about live on the sunset strip or we're going to talk about delirious or we're going to talk about raw we're going to talk about you know i i can come up with a, a, a hundred other stand-up routines from i don't care sebastian manacaskill or any of these other guys that were just way better than what i saw from chris rock the other night let's be honest now okay the comedy was eh it was all right. I didn't really laugh a lot. There wasn't really a lot of times that I was laughing my ass off with Chris Rock throughout that whole special. So just, you know, let's, let's, you know, don't bullshit me. You know what I'm saying? It was more about the last couple of minutes more than anything else. And it was epic and it was awesome. And I'm glad he got it off his chest. Obviously, uh, he probably needed to get it off his chest. And everybody was asking for it. We all wanted to hear his side. We all wanted to hear his explanation. By now, with all the extra information that we've gotten since then, you know, we kind of have more of a, uh, a, 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 a a clearer picture of what what demons the, that couple is actually going through, the crap that, you know, obviously Will Smith has created for himself and all that stuff. So... It, now we've, we've got more context to all of this, okay? It was an epic, epic, epic close to the show. You know, I mean, in the last line, you know, I, I, I was raised right. My parents told me, don't fight in front of white people. You know, that, that, was, that, was, that was probably the funniest line he had throughout the whole thing, actually, to be quite honest. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was it was mediocre to less than average. Uh, his whole his whole routine, and then the final part was absolutely sensational. 
if we're going to really call it like it is, okay? Mediocre stand-up, exceptional rip job at the end. That's kind of the way I, I would look at it, okay? That's about it. Um, what else do we have? Uh, to do, to do. It made me sick to my stomach hearing. Let's go, Nick. Chance at the day. At, well, I mean, that's what the Heat has earned. Unfortunately, man, they're not a really good team this year. So a lot of fans are selling their tickets. You know what I mean? Uh, GP Trap says, "Nope, you're right. I actually fell asleep on it. Yeah, it wasn't really that funny. Let's be honest. It was kind of." It was kind of like a forced special because he had to air his, you know, air out his laundry. That's all. Genius move by Netflix. They're not in the live game. So they added a live event to see. And then they picked a perfect, you know, a perfect moment to start it because everybody's been dying to hear his side of the story. So I didn't get to see it live myself. I Like I told you, I watched it on Saturday night. You know, one o'clock in the morning, one thirty, I think it was one forty when I first turned it on. Uh, so yeah, you know, I, I saw it after. I didn't see it live myself, but yeah, that was super smart on their part. But let's be honest, the comedy wasn't shit. It wasn't really anything impressive, to be quite honest. Uh, SMF Finn says on Chris Rock, I was definitely referring to the last part. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Richard says bigger and blacker. Oh, God, bigger and blacker is a, a thousand times better than what I saw on Saturday night from Chris Rock. I'm telling you, it was forced. It's forced. You know, that's all. It, 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 it felt forced. It felt like he was trying. He had to repeat things, repeat points constantly. You know what I mean? And it was just one of those where he even got a, the jokes wrong and, you know, and had to then, you know, get it right. It, it just, it was like there was, it was like he didn't really have really great new material. So he had to come up with some material, but it really wasn't top notch material in order to get to the meat of the matter. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, um, it's it's you stopping at Crystal Burgers and you you just got to eat something and you wanted to get a couple Crystal Burgers in uh, just because you really enjoy Randy's Donuts and you wanted to have a Randy's Donut because that's exceptional. But you figure like, I can't have just a dessert, so I got to eat some dinner. So I'll eat a couple Crystal Burgers just to get anything in there just to have the Randy's Donuts. And that's kind of what we had. We had to we had to deal with the Crystal Burgers, you know, routine, just so we can have the Randy's donut at the end of the uh, the whole skit. Is that clear enough for most of you? Well, I don't know. Do you guys know what Randy's donuts is in L.A.? Famous, delicious glazed donuts. Okay. By the way, props in Indianapolis. This fat guy here knows glazed donuts. Jack's Donuts in Indianapolis. Props to you. You got some good glazed donuts. Jack's Donuts in Indianapolis. Nice job. Love it. Very good donuts. Man. 
Those are really sweet um, glazed donuts. So nice job by you, Jax. Uh, Dan, I like Chris Rock, but I'm a bit more of a fan of Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr. That's fine. It's not really what it's all about. I'm, we're just talking about what happened in his last skit. Um, did you see the SNL monologue of Travis Kelsey? No, I have not seen the monologue. I ran into a couple of uh, skits on SNL on YouTube, but I have not seen the monologue. Was it good? I got to see it. I haven't seen it. Uh, that's with a lot of comedians where they have to repeat the material, especially when you've been performing for almost 40 years. I started to watch it and it was okay. I lost interest. Well, you just got to speed up to the end, Dan. Really? You just want to go to the end. Uh, have you watched? Oh yes. The Woodstock 99 documentary. I saw it, dude. I saw it with the fires and, and the people starving and all the crap that went on. Yeah, dude. It was like. That shit was crazy, that 99 documentary. I watched it. I watched it with the wife a couple of months back. And, um, yeah, yeah, that was good. That was good. It was like a Dairy Queen hot dog. Not very good. <laughs> Touche, Terry. Touche. Touche, my brother. <laughs> Uh, Frankie says AW Revolution was better than the Chris Rock special. Big O MJF one. So what? What was is that? Was that my prediction? MJF? Well, it was. Was there a prediction involved? Now I'm 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 brain farting now completely. I know I did some kind of a prediction. I forgot now. Travis Kelsey was good on SNL, especially his last skit when the girl took his hand, rubbed all over her breast. Funny. Okay. All right. Hand rubbing all over breasts. It's always funny. Speaking of breasts, uh, what's it called? Uh, our uh, uh, Paige Sporanic had one over the weekend. Jesus Christ, that woman. Um, Keith Brown, I agree, Big O. It was forced. He looked nervous. Thumbs down, bro. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the stand-up was mediocre. It was all about the ending. Travis Kelsey was actually funnier than I thought it would be. He even brought Jason Kelsey. Oh, okay. Mike Garofalo saying car close to deal with Saints. Really? Really? I was reading a I was reading an article this morning that said that Derek Carr's preferred destination was the Jets. But the Carolina and then, you know, the Saints are still in the mix. So now the Saints are, you know, um, maybe. Well, you listen with with Olave there. That's a uh, you know, you get yourself a nice young receiver that you can grow with, you know, uh, not that he needs growing. He's in his he's in his prime, but at least he gets a a young one there. So uh, Saints are closing in on a deal. That's pretty good. I see it there now coming up with Garofalo. That is uh, that's cool. Garofalo is a really, really good dude, by the way. I know him. I've known him for a long time. Um, really, really good dude, by the way. One of those guys I pull for all the damn time, man. Uh, really, really good people. Uh, when does the new league year start officially? I believe it's like um, it's a couple of days from now. We gave you all the dates. Uh, here it is. I still have my notes here. How about that for preparations? Um, 
Let's see. Here we go. NFL schedule. Uh, February 21st starts the uh, franchise and transition tags. Uh, March 13th through the 15th, teams are permitted to talk to each other to negotiate. March 15th, league year starts. Free agency begins at 4 p.m. So the 13th through the 15th, they start the negotiations. So we are a week away, sir, or or um, it's, uh, Jason, sir. So we are a week away from it starting. Well, actually, a little less because the 13th, they start like they weren't tampering this week. <laughs> so stupid, but whatever. So it, officially, they start to negotiate the 13th through the 15th. And then on the 15th at 4 p.m., that's when free agency will start. Okay. April 21st is the deadline for restricted free agents to sign their offer sheets. And then uh, 27th through the 29th is the NFL draft. And we'll tell you where we're going to be at for the NFL draft. We're working on that right now as we speak. So we're trying to nail that down and be somewhere for uh, Thursday and Friday. I know Thursday the Dolphins won't have a pick, but you never know because trades can happen and things can happen and anything can happen, uh, especially with uh, with Trader Chris. Uh, that's one thing I've learned with uh, Chris Greer since he's been here. That dude can make some moves. So, yes. So there you go. That is uh, that is the word. Uh, Big O, do you think the Jets get left out on left out on Aaron Rodgers? I don't know, my brother. I, I really don't know any. None of us really know. You know what I mean? I don't know where Carr is going to go or whatever. And and so if he goes to the Saints, then Aaron, well, it looks like the Raiders are out of it. Remember the Raiders last week, the reports are the general manager and the head coach said that they don't think they're going to be quarterback searching this year because they don't feel that they're a quarterback away from a tie, from being a contender and that they're not in the in the in the market to give up high picks for a 39-year-old quarterback for a one or two-year thing. The Brady thing screwed them. Screwed them because he was going to sign as a free agent. So they didn't have to give up anything. And then he retires and that puts it all on ice now. So they're not in the market for Aaron Rodgers. They lose out on Derek Carr. Do they want Garoppolo is the question. And it doesn't seem like they want Garoppolo because they're not going for a quarterback. So where does Garoppolo end? Does he end up with the Jets or does Aaron Rodgers? If Derek Carr is going to go to to the Saints, you know what I mean? It's a it's an interesting you know chess game that's going on or shell game actually not chess game shell game that's going on with all these quarterbacks. We'll see. Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he fits in New York, but God, I want him to go to New York. You know, I, I, I let me tell you something. I'm shocked the Giants are not the team saying, hey, Derek, come here. I, I why would I want the other guy, Daniel Jones? The guy wants 40, 45 million a year. Screw that, dude. That guy's not worth that. If I'm them, I would have gone after Derek. Carr. I don't know why that conversation has not happened. It's amazing to me. By the way, let's uh, let's go over it on the weekend here. 
it, it is t- are you guys are you do you guys are you guys in the smoking mood cuz i i'm in the smoking mood cuz this weekend we got to talk up first of all Let's talk about the University of Miami and let's give them a little love. Congratulations to the University of Miami. They are the co-ACC champions in the regular season after their 78-76 to win over Pittsburgh. That is a huge victory. It is time to light up our victory cigar, baby. Come on. Light it up, Sean. Light up that victory cigar. Love it. One more time. Victory cigar, baby. Yeah. So our Perdomo victory cigar lit with that 78-76 win. It's funny because Miami ends up 15-5 and in the ACC. Pittsburgh's 14-6. and It's the rest of college basketball is playing Larinaga's game that he's been playing since George Mason. He's never been the guy that's getting the McDonald's All-Americans. He's always the guy that has to out-coach you, out-hustle you, find the hard-working kids, and, and, and try to find the guys that he can keep around for multiple years that aren't necessarily stars. The rest of the league has to now do that because McDonald's All-Americans are done. Guys don't stay anymore for even one year. They're gone to the G League. They're gone overseas. They're chasing the money. Uh, and there's no longer stars in college basketball hanging around for three or four years like the 80s and the 90s. Everybody's playing his game, and that's why he thrives. So it's amazing stuff. The Miami Heat, who are in the abyss, but... I'll give them credit. At least they beat Atlanta on Saturday night, 117-109. Give me a little victory cigar. And then on Saturday, you know, the, the Panthers have got a deep hole to get out of still just to get into the playoffs. All right? But I give them credit on Saturday. Penguins came into town. Kachuk and Barkov each had a pair of assists. Verhage with a goal and an assist. And they beat the Penguins 4-1. to one. Give me that victory cigar. And then in football, that's right, Inter-Miami, the only undefeated team in South Florida. They put a whooping on a really good Philadelphia Union team. They played an exciting brand of football. They were attacking. They put on a show with a couple of goals. Drake Callender put on a show as a showstopper. And they beat Philadelphia two to nothing. Give me that victory cigar. Oh, oh, baby. That is awesome. Great weekend, man. Great weekend there. Picking up a whole bunch of victories, man. And that Inter Miami, well, we got to get into, uh, we got to get into everything going on. Basketball. We got to get into hockey. We got to get into, you know, soccer. We got to into college basketball. But a lot of victory cigars this weekend. So that was, uh, that was actually good stuff there. And the Inter-Miami goals, wow. The Taylor goal was just, 
wicked. That was gorgeous, dude. That Taylor goal. And can you imagine when we get messy? Can you imagine when we get messy? Friday, by the way, we're going to be at Canesware in Davie broadcasting live. So Thursday we'll be at Hialeah Park. Friday we'll be at Canesware. Okay? So just in case, if you want to catch us on the road this week, you got two appearances that we're going to be at. Thursday, Hialeah Park. Friday will be in Broward in Davie at Canesware 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Uh, Big O, have you spoke on the Anderson report? What is the Anderson report? You got me there, Sean? What's the Anderson report? I'm guessing Josina Anderson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that stupid shit eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got nothing against Josina. Okay? That's a stupid-ass report. That's all I got to say. I got nothing against Greg Cody. That's some weak-ass shit riding about Lamar Jackson. That's all. They don't... The First of all, I don't know how much the, the, the head coach and the general manager have to tell you that the two is the guy. How excited they are about it. How much they want to move forward and all that. That right. So you're basically calling those guys like flat-out liars while they continue to tell you. Then the Dolphins don't have first-round picks to trade. They don't have the cap space. They have to create cap space just so they can put more players around the team that they've got to improve. Like, there's so many things that just make zero sense. But I get it. It's the offseason. Some reporters need to get their names out there. Some writers are just lazy and want to fill space. That's basically what Greg Cody did the last couple times when he's writing a column about Lamar Jackson. He's just filling space because there's enough suckers out there that will buy it hook, line, and sinker. Lamar Jackson can't even run Mike McDaniel's offense. Maybe that's something that Greg Cody and Josina Anderson don't understand. Maybe they're not really that good in football. Maybe they really don't understand X's and O's. But he's not accurate enough. So also, are the Dolphins going to change their entire offense for a player now? Or is this is, or is this coordinator dead set on his offense? You know, there's a lot of shit there that none of it makes sense. But if you had a freaking football IQ, again, no shot at Greg Cody or Jacina Anderson. No shot. But if you had a football IQ, you would know it doesn't fit. If you had a football IQ. Ira Winderman is next. Keep fans. Time for the best insight of your favorite team with insider Ira Winderman, exclusively on the Big O Radio Show. It's the Acura of Pembroke Pines, Miami Heat, and NBA Report. Here's Ira Winderman. All right. Good morning, Ira. How are you doing? So I guess I shouldn't be reporting that the Heat are looking into Aaron Rodgers. Fine. I'll stay off of that one also as well. Well, listen, the way the way Pat Riley and front office are making decisions, it seems like they've been in a dark room for a few years. I, anyway, I, 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 would, I would like to add a 40 year old. So maybe it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, let me tell you something. Uh, Sean, can you pull up the uh, the soundbite from Jimmy Butler there for me? 
because I, 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 I found this humorous. I found this laughable. I found this entertaining. I found it insulting. I found it. I can use a lot of adjectives to dis- to describe what I thought of this soundbite from Jimmy Butler. And Sean, if you can, I know we've got your puss on the air there. But can no, we put saying, the- when I play it, you guys are going to go off the screen. It's it's a video. That's fine, but we'll both be watching. Take us off the Listen, taking both of us off the screen is a good thing for the viewer. There's no doubt about that, but go ahead. Knock yourself out. I mean, I'm at a point now, I think everybody is, where um, it doesn't surprise us. We just, we we really get bored with the process, <clears throat> and I, I I can't tell you why. And, you know, we, we, we play hard, and sometimes we get back in the game like we did tonight, and sometimes we don't. But either way it goes, if we just play basketball the right way the entire game, I don't think that we're in that situations more, situation more often than not. But for some odd reason, um, we think it's going to be easy, so we just go out there and go through the motions. I love this, Ira. Okay, so wait a minute. Okay, so you're the 80s Lakers and Celtics. You're bored of the process. Dude, I understand. You get all the way to the title. You win it. You got to climb that whole mountain again. You're the 90s Bulls. You know, you're tired of the process. Dude, I get it. It's tough to get back to the championship every year and win it and win it and win it. And you're led by a maniacal champion in, in Michael Jordan. You're the 2000 Spurs. Yeah, the process gets a little tiring because you've been at it. You're the Miami Heat. You haven't accomplished jack shit. You haven't won anything. How can you be tired of the process? I Last time I checked, I used to hear tired of the process from champions talking about trying to climb that hill again. I understood that one. I don't understand this one. You can't be tired of a process you've never actually ever dominated. You know what I'm saying? That I don't understand. I can understand an artist who, you know, Bruce Springsteen has to try to create another great album again. You too, another great album again. I get that, dude. That's a hell of a challenge. And go out on a world tour and put it all together again and and all the pressure from the record company and your fans. You got to accomplish in that then climb that mountain. The Miami Heat have not climbed any goddamn mountain to be bored with any process. Tyler has not accomplished anything. Neither has Bam. Jimmy has never won a title. I'm sorry. I'm missing. How can you get bored of a process you haven't even dominated? Well, a couple of things. First of all, let's put perspective on that tape. That was after the loss to New York. Then they went ahead and they beat Atlanta. So they obviously took a step forward there. I think big really Atlanta's a soft ass team that doesn't prove anything every single year. They got no heart. I I, I mean they're they're new, just new coach. Like, Good yeah, coach. it's just yeah, it's that's a team in 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 transition. I'm not that impressed that you beat Atlanta. That's a mentally weak team as it is. Come on. And the other element of this is, and I think this is where Jimmy was going. There's no easy path for the Miami Heat, the way the roster is set up, the way their style is. They have to do everything so finely, so precisely, so difficultly. That's the difference. When you have innate scorers, guys you can just give the ball, 
okay, we don't want to run this set. We don't want to set a couple of screens. We don't want to set an elevator screen. We don't want to have to run with precision. But you're so good, Emmanuel, quickly last night for the Knicks, for example, Julius Randle against the Heat, just get us some buckets. The Heat only have one bucket getter, and he's a very uneven bucket getter in Tyler Hero. He can reel off 12 straight points or 12 straight misses. Everything else that he do is getting Jimmy in position, Jimmy backing down his man, Jimmy bumping and grinding, Jimmy getting to the foul line. Big O, that's hard. If they're getting the ball to Bam Adebayo, it's setting a screen. It's him setting up a man. It's him hitting that difficult floater in the lane. That's hard. So I think what Jimmy was getting to, and I think this is true, the Heat have to work harder to score than just about every other team in the NBA. That grinds on you. The way they put this roster together without a bunch of innate scores because they insist on playing 1990s-style defense and trying to grind it out at a time in the NBA where there's no more grinding. You damn well better be able to score. So I think Jimmy's point right there was it's hard to do what we do relentlessly minute in and minute out. That's what I think he was saying was to grind and grind and grind and be more than 60 games into it That's what they set themselves up for. There's a reason they're the lowest scoring team in the NBA. There's a reason they're in the bottom five in offensive net rating. It's hard for these guys. That's the roster construction. There are not natural scorers here. Jimmy works his ass off. Bam works his ass off. Tyler is up and down. It's the process of the roster. So you were counting on Duncan Robinson hitting threes. Not happening. You were counting on Max Drews hitting threes. Not happening. You were counting on Victor Oladipo being your six-man sort of set it up off the bench and score, not happening. So I think what Jimmy was said, and you can even see in the tone when he was well, talking no, I, about I, By the way, you were counting on your $30 million uh, teammate to come through too. Not as a score. Not, no, I wasn't counting on Kyle Lowry as necessarily a score. But yes, as a setup man to make things easier, absolutely. The guy has not played since February 2nd. That Spe- makes spending $30 million on a facilitator? <laughs> You know what? A, a, a great facilitator could be worth it. Chris Paul has shown that in what he's done in Oklahoma City, in Houston, certainly now in Phoenix. So, yes, the right player. That's why they got rid of Goron. Goron, even at the moment he was let go, yeah, was a better scorer. If I'm than Jimmy Kyle. Butler, I, I want to recruit a guy that's going to take some pressure off of me, not actually add more pressure on me. And that's exactly what Lowry does because since he can't score, he can only give it to you so you can score more. <laughs> but he can give it to you in a better scoring position so you don't oh, have to God. back down yeah, the man. Yeah, still got to grind. It's so still the same still, way. You can score on cuts, his pitch ahead passes. That Look, that was the plan. So what I'm saying is so much has gone south for the Heat right now. You know what? I bet even if you check your chat board and we're honest here, Big O, I know there were expectations for the Heat after going to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. But when we see how it's playing out, when we see now the Heat are going to the play-in round, I think we have to be honest and step back here for a second and tell ourselves there are five teams that are clearly better than the Heat in the East. Milwaukee is better. Boston is better. Philadelphia is better. New York is better, and Cleveland is better. So you're playing for sixth place. Big O, when you're playing for sixth place, you can't have the same motivation. You just can't as when you're playing for championships. The Heat are in a tough spot this season. They shackled themselves with the luxury tax by not going over. They saw other teams make net games. They didn't. Obviously, they had the injuries because they went old, and when you go old, you deal with injuries. And that's where you wind up. So really, 
the ultimate for the Heat after the season is they, they could raise six fingers after the season of going, we're number six, because that's basically the upside of where they are this season. That's just the brutal honesty. By the way, uh, breaking news, the Saints are giving their new QB, Derek Carr, a four-year deal. With a big number coming, they'll make it work with their cap situation. So Saints got their quarterback, by the way. Just a little breaking news for those of you out there. All right. Poor, um, poor, poor Taysom Hill. I'm sure he thought he'd be just be the running quarterback for years to come. <laughs> yeah. Um, so where, where do they go this offseason? Because to me, that's really – this is not a team that's going to make any kind of a deep run in the playoffs. They're just not built – for today's they're seated, basketball. They're not seeded for it. You know, again, we talk about you thread the needle, you get the right matchup, you get a Cleveland or something. If they're in the play-in, they're playing Milwaukee or Boston in the first Even round. They have a higher seed, Ira. They're not a good team. They're not going no, anywhere. No, and that's where they are, and that's where they go out. Big O, if they win two games in the first round, if they make the first round, it's probably their upside against Milwaukee or Boston. That's honesty. So the question comes down to what I've said at the sunset, and my ask Ira column is this. Do you attach sweeteners to your bad contracts to get rid of them? Or do you just have to sit back for a year and saying, let the Kyle Lowry thing expire. Take another year off the Duncan Robinson contract. Don't overspend for Struess and Gabe Vincent and rework it. And maybe even move Jimmy Butler. But if you oh, move I, Jimmy Butler, yeah, you're, then you're not setting yourself back just a year. You're setting yourself back years. This team has never done that I, before. I, I, dis I disagree. If you okay. trade Jimmy Butler... And and uh, and Lowry's contract expires in a year. You now are opening up a crap ton of salary for 2024, 2025 season. Yeah, 23, 24 might be rough and that's fine. And that's a transition year. But if somehow or another you can unload Lowry and Butler, that's a lot of money that you're unloading. And now you can finally keep yourself liquid, which is what I've said for many years now, all the way back to the journeymen when they made commitments to all those guys. And I said, man, all you have to do is sign guys to one year deals, stay liquid, keep the money the following year and see if the if the whale appears. And if the whale appears, you have the money. So I disagree with you. And on the Butler thing, well, everybody's way behind on me because I would have I would have tried to move his ass if I could, you know, during the trading deadline. I was not a fan of this extension with Butler. And obviously, I was never a fan of this Lowry deal. I think it is a positive. I don't know if anybody could trade for Butler. You know, I don't know if somebody's willing to trade for Butler and think that they're a Butler away from a title. But if you can do it. There's no doubt in my mind you have to do it, and at least you open up that monster cap space two years later. And you strip yourself down to this, Big O. As you know, to get a free agent and attract someone, you have to be seductive to them. In other words, when Kevin Durant looked at the Suns, he said, yeah, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, I want to go there. If you strip the heat down, you're stripping down to Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero. Do you think that is seductive enough to get an A-list player for example, Luka Doncic, when he becomes available in a couple of years, is that enough to seduce him? Or did they look at Tyler Hero as sort of a guy? I think a lot of players like to play with Bam because his defense helps you look better. So that's the question you have is how seductive is a Tyler Hero and a Bam Adebayo in luring free agents? Does it have the allure of a Dwayne Wade? Probably not. Does it have the allure of a Jimmy Butler and Bam when Kyle Lowry came here for better or worse? 
probably not there either. So maybe yeah, another by, break. By the way, we, ha we, we haven't seen a star come play for Jimmy Butler yet. Hasn't happened. This You, you ended up getting an over-the-hill friend of his come here. But, you know, that, that whole talk of waiting for that star, uh, how many more years are you going to wait, man? This is year four already. I heard all this shit from the get-go. Oh, they'll find the other star to play with Butler. Well, they haven't found that star. How much longer are you going to wait? Because the Jimmy Butler cliff is, he's about to go off that cliff. And that body of his will not respond anymore. That is a bigger thing than going off a cliff because of this reason. Percentages-wise, when Jimmy has played, he's having a career season. His overall efficiency, his overall shooting percentages, he's missed 15 games. If he just missed 15 games, I know you don't like to hear this, Big O. Yeah, That's no. not the norm for a really good player in his 30s in the NBA. So you might see that cliff in a year. You might see it a little bit further because the man is psychotically driven to succeed. So you don't know exactly when or even if that's going to happen. But I think it comes down to this. Pat Riley, Eric Spolster, Mickey, Mickey Harrison, Nick Harrison, Andy Ellisberg, Adam Simon have to sit there and say, is a core of Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo a championship core? And if not, hell, maybe you let them go also. Maybe if Joel Embiid doesn't get out of the second round, which he never has in his entire career, you could be seduced into trading Bam Adebayo and maybe even Tyler for Joel Embiid. That's more of the Pat Riley way of doing things than having the patience and waiting down the road for space to open up. No, I, I get that. But I just think that you're I, I think you're progress stopping yourself by being stuck with these bad contracts. That's all I think. I, you've got to unload that Lowry, the Duncan and and then eventually the well, Butler. Like you, said, you can also wait on the Lowry and patience might be more prudent there than taking on long term money from someone else. Oh, so yeah, no, no, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. With Lowry, you only have a year left. So unless right. you can get a, a unless you can get, you know, a classic Riley disgruntled player from somewhere that they've got to get rid of them. And yet he's really a good player and you got a couple of years left, but they don't want to deal with the couple of years. They'll deal with the one year of Lowry. That's the one saving grace that we could, you know, you know, hang on for if there's a disgruntled star out there that they've got to unload and needs out, which I don't know if that exists right now. Well, right? it might be Rudy Gobert, but I want nothing to do with that no. contract. Yeah. So that's another no. story. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing that. All right. Uh, they've uh, they've got uh, the Hawks again tonight, right? Got to win, and you got to win. There's no more splitting these two game series. Oh, it's hard to beat a team twice in a row. No, you're the Miami Heat. If you want to get out of the playing round, you're probably going to have to finish your schedule something like 13 and four in order to catch Brooklyn. You can't go into these series against Atlanta going, we'll just get a split. Or even Big O on Wednesday and Friday, they're playing the Cavaliers. Got to win both of those also. You either make your statement now or you're just one of the run-of-the-mill playing teams playing on the Tuesday after the regular season being desperate. Not a good look for the Miami Heat. Well, uh, by the way, follow him on Twitter at Ira Heatbeat. Catch his work there at the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Better yet, subscribe like I do. Ira, as always, thank you, my friend. Oh, by the way, one more thing. Sure. The John Moran thing, like – Kid, screw your head on right. I mean, this guy's got the world by the balls. Surround yourself with the right superstar. people. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's like, this is a real shame if he continues down this path and doesn't screw his head on right because this is a young man that's got every opportunity in front of him. And to see the stuff that's been going on, wow, dude. I mean, 
you know, you, I, you know this going back to the Dolphins and Stu Weinstein when he was there and everything. You don't just vet the player; you vet the player's entourage. You know everyone that he's around, and if you see a player traveling in the wrong circle, you get ahead of it instead of now the Grizzlies being behind the curve in that, and you let that player know, hey, I know this guy was loyal to you. I know this guy is a distant relative, but this is not in your best interest. That's what they have to do now with John Morant because, big O, a free agent's not going to Memphis. Everything there has to be internally and developed, whether it's Jaron Jackson Jr., whether it's John Morant, whether it's Brandon Clark. It has to be their draft picks. If that doesn't work out, they're not signing a free agent to replacing John Morant. They have to try to find a way to make it work. He's an immense talent. Yeah. And, you know, I always say this about famous people. And that's if you're an entertainer, a musician, a politician, a, 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 an athlete. They have more to lose than we do. You cannot hang around people that don't have that don't have anything to lose. I almost feel like once you step into that world, you need to be around people that have as much to lose as you do, because once you put yourself in a position where it's people that have nothing to lose, that puts you at risk immensely. It's sad. I hate to put it that way, but I think when you're at that stature, that's how much you have to protect yourself in this world because you really can't trust the average person out there. You have no idea what their intentions are. So you're better hanging around other stars, other athletes, other high profile people, the kind of people that have that are risking the same kind of things you are on a daily basis. I hate to say it, but that's kind of the life you, you should lead, unfortunately. Absolutely. And we'll get into that a little bit more Wednesday and the red recover.com inside the paint show at 9 a.m. And then uh, hopefully it plays out better for Ja. If not, I'll be talking to you again Friday in our accurate Pembroke Pines report. So looking forward to that as well. Ira, thank you. Enjoy the basketball tonight, my friend. Appreciate you. And talk to you Wednesday, 9 a.m. right here. Thanks, Big O. You got it. It's a, it's a shame, but I, I really feel that way. You People like this, they should not hang around average people. They should not. I mean, John Moran was in the pickup game with a 17-year-old. And who knows what that 17-year-old did or said or whatever that got him so riled up that he went and got a gun. Well, you know what, bro? Don't hang around 17-year-olds. You know, if the if the team takes you to a team function, to a hospital or a boys' club or whatever, that's the kind of stuff you go, you visit, you're there in a team setting, you've got officials around you, boom, boom, you're out. I'm sorry. Once you're famous, you should not hang around average people because you don't know who they are and what their intentions are. And usually all it does is it puts you at risk. And and whether, you know, whether this is John Morant's fault or not, you got it, you know, and, and it, whatever. You grew up in a barrio, the trailer park, the hood. Whatever the hell you want to call it that you come from, you got to leave them behind, bro. You got to leave them behind because more often than not, the boys from the barrio are going to bring you down. Why? They got nothing to lose. You got everything to lose. And that's the problem because they're still thinking like you used to think when you had nothing to lose and they still act like you used to act when you were young and you had nothing to lose. They're 30, 
They're 25, they're 45, but they're still thinking like when you were 15. That's why you can't go back. You got to move forward, unfortunately, because if not, it's going to bring you down. And it happens all the damn time. That's your Acura Pembroke Pines, Miami Heat, and NBA report. You've been listening to the Acura of Pembroke Pines, Miami Heat, and NBA Report with Ira Winderman. When you're looking for award-winning service and great deals from the number one volume Acura sales dealership in the Southeast United States, you go to Craig's in Acura of Pembroke Pines at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines. Devin Jordan, thank you for the love on the super chat. He said, hey, Ira, what's your thoughts on John Moran flashing that gun and getting suspended? We just talked about that. So there you go. Um, appreciate it as always, Devin. Thank you, sir. Uh, knowing that the Heat will probably split against Atlanta and Cleveland. <laughs> I had to double take that big O. I thought that was the Raiders hat. LOL. I was like, why the hell is he wearing a Raiders hat? I would never wear a Raiders hat, sir. Okay. Never. Uh, what do we have here? Okay. In most cases, the star uh, stays in the same mindset no matter how much money they make. Some just don't value what they receive for their hard work. Yeah, it's just well, Jaws also young. So young people do stupid things. We all do stupid things when we're young. We all make mistakes and... You know, we all tie ourselves to the wrong people and that kind of stuff that happens. Mistakes happen. John Moran is no different, and he's entitled to screw up because we all screw up. The question is now, he got his wake-up call. Is he looking in the mirror? Is he actually going to take accountability? Does he mean what he says? Is he going to stop acting like a punk? Because that's what a punk acts like. So it's up to him now. Okay? It's all up to him now. How does he want to carry himself? And we're going to find out now. We're going to find out if he's just a phony that tells you one thing and then continues to make the same mistakes over and over and over and over again. So, you know, what can I tell you? Oh, what are your thoughts on Carr going to New Orleans? Does he make them a playoff team? I think they got a shot to be in the playoffs. Hell yeah, definitely. They got a good defense. Um, Carolina doesn't have a quarterback yet. Uh, Tampa is a mess. And Carolina and Atlanta's a mess. Oh, yeah, they make the playoffs. Oh, yeah, they make the playoffs. Yes, they make the playoffs, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, now that I assess the rest of that division... Yeah, yeah, they're making the playoffs for sure. Guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, Big O, not even a Raiders coach, John Madden? No, nothing. Nothing. No, no. I don't, I don't wear any other. I don't wear any NFL teams, dude. How do wear the Dolphins, my brother? <laughs> I live and die and ride and die with the Alcoa and Orange. You're not going to catch me wearing a... a Ahead of any other NFL team ever. Don't care about any NFL team. No. 
no one. No John Madden, no nothing. Okay? Rest in peace, John Madden. We love you, all that, but you ain't a dolphin. So you ain't going on this head. Okay? No, no, no. Yeah, I can see how you think, you know, quickly you think it's like a Raiders hat. And, yeah, I get it. That's That, that kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? But no, baby. No, enter. That was a beautiful game. That was a great game on Saturday. Okay? I, I, uh, I watched it yesterday. And I had some time. And uh, that was fun, dude. That was a lot of fun uh, watching that game. They played an electric game. They were attacking constantly. Uh, hell, they almost scored off the post. Moda almost got that one off the post. Uh, the Moda goal is actually hilarious. Okay? Because the Moda goal comes off the same stupid mistakes Pizarro makes. And he played well, by the way. He set up the other goal, too. Uh, he he set up the, the 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 shot against the post from Moda. He also set that one up. But if you notice, um, Pizarro has a bad habit of hanging onto the ball too long. And in that Moda goal, he clearly hung onto the ball so long that the defender took it away from him. But he couldn't clearly take it away from him that he he poked it, but it came off of Pizarro and it rebounds to Moda. Fortunately, and then Moda unloads and has the goal. But it's so funny how that goal came from one of Pizarro's normal, like, transgressions. Like a bad habit that he has that he thinks he can dribble through 87 people. And <laughs> for sure, on that play, he did the same bullshit he was pulling two years ago that most of us were getting pissed off at him because he hangs on to the goddamn ball too long instead of one-timing the bitch and moving it on, you know? So it's just, it's just funny how one of those goals comes from his bad habit, you know what I mean? And he's played well, okay? I just, I don't want to completely pick on the guy but I, it is just hilarious how that the one goal comes off of Pizarro's bad habit. You know, I just thought it was fun. I don't know if any of you noticed that. I know there's not a lot of you that follow this and care that much about it like we do. You know what I mean? I love it. Uh, no matter what, I want Inter-Miami to win the damn MLS Cup just like I wanted the Strikers or the Fusion or uh, Miami FC or whatever. You know, I, I I love all our local teams, him or she, you name it. I love them all, man. I, I root for them all. You know, Miami United, you name it. Uh, I'm always, I've always been a pro local soccer guy, always uh, want our local soccer teams to do well, and I want the, the sport to grow, and it has. I've been very happy with it, so I'm 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 happy. That was that was a really, I, I got to tell you, Neville's done a, a magnificent job with that team. He really has. Uh, let's 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 hope they can continue. But great way you 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 got your two games to start off the season at home, and you went two and zero. Oh. That is awesome. Now you've got the uh, New York City uh, uh, a team coming up. Let's see if they can get it done on Saturday, seven thirty. To Extreme says, I literally didn't know what you were talking about when you said enter until you explained it just now. Forgot Miami has soccer. 
Uh, Brett says, hang on to the ball for too long. Mm, I've heard that before from another Miami athlete. <laughs> uh, in, uh, hopefully Inter can play like this on the road. They've struggled the past few years playing on... now, nah, but that's, it's not fair to compare the last few years. You know what you have to do, Ray? What you have to do is look at what Neville has done from the first year to the second year to the third year now starting, there has been improvement all throughout. The first year was a disaster, and yet he found it. He found a way to slightly improve the team. And then the second year with the new, the 19 new players, that team got better as the season went on, okay, to sneak into the playoffs. And now this year, you're now starting off strong, okay? Uh, and, and, and this is without Campana which is you consider Campana one of your better, you know, goal scorers. I, I, I got to tell you something. All I've seen under Phil Neville is gradual improvement from this club. So I got to give him a lot of props. And something tells me that he that his team is going to play really, really hard, okay, um, on the road too. But anyway, so. Great job by Inter Miami. Uh, terrific win on Saturday against Philadelphia. Gene with the goal in the 32nd minute and the Taylor goal. My God. Chest it and then one time it in the air to the right side of the box. That was and Drake Callender. Jesus Christ, dude. He had four or five saves. Couple big time saves, too. Awesome, awesome. 7.30 Saturday against NYCFC. Uh, by the way, NYCFC uh, uh, favored by half a goal, minus 150. Miami is plus 105 with plus half a goal. And Miami is, um, what's it called? Um, plus one, 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 one and a half goal, minus 280. And New York City FC minus one and a half goal plus one eighty five. So there you go. But really entertaining way to play. Very impressed with Inter Miami start, and very impressed with this win against Philadelphia on Saturday. That was good because Montreal is not that good, but Philadelphia they are one of the best teams in the conference and in the league the last couple of years that doesn't even go without saying so good job there uh what else do we have going on well you know what we have we have the top of the hour let's take a break hour number two alan pupar will join us at 11 30 andy barons will stop by at noon dolphin fans the great keith sims will join us at 12 30 so we'll talk to uh the stud guard of the miami dolphins a guy that, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about him and Webb and getting any Hall of Fame consideration. We'll talk about his, their Hall of Fame, um, what's it called, uh, teammate, Zach Thomas. We'll talk a little Mike McDaniel. We'll talk a little Tua. We'll talk a little Mike McDaniel offense and offensive line, all of those kind of things with Key Sims at 1230. So we got a lot of things to uh, talk about there. Lewis is asking me, oh, are you going to have any coverage for Team USA during the World Baseball Classic? Yeah, uh, we'll give the scores. Hour number two is next. <laughs> 